listening to the Food and Fitness Podcast, the show about all things related to food and fitness. Follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at food.fitnesspodcast. We are your hosts, Jessica White, Jackie Mandertoon, and Dave Marshall. On today's episode, our guest of honor is Steve Coburn. Steve helps lead the Compass Run for Food race executive that Jackie, David, and myself were a part of, along with Guy Roberge, Angela Tupper, Mike Braun, Matt Croft, and Brenda Witteron. Compass Run for Food is something that all of us are passionate about and very excited to be a part of this fall. So Steve, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This is great. Um, Steve, can you let all of our listeners, um, those who don't know, what is the Compass Run for Food? So it's, um, it's a family, uh, family fun run that we started back in 2014. And just actually just initially, it was just have a small race and raise $10,000 for the Orangeville Food Bank, which we did. I think we had 200 runners. And then it just kept on growing and getting better, becoming more of a community event. And uh, so, which is a lot of fun. And at our last full race, uh, we're actually where we had people there in 2019, like we had like 770 runners. We had like 200 kids. We've, we've increased our corporate base. Uh, we're now into the school systems, helping those breakfast food programs. So, and all three food banks in the county of Dufferin, um, Orangeville, Shelburne, and Grand Valley. So it's what started as a small race. It's just grown and grown and grown. It's a big race, a great community event, and we have a lot of fun, um, but we're actually doing a huge thing is actually feeding people in the county of Dufferin, which is, um, which is very important. Definitely. And when is the race this year? So unfortunately, we're going to be virtual again. I'm hoping in 2022 we go back. I love racing, and I hope we go back to live racing, which we generally have it in June. But uh, October 2nd is our uh, virtual uh, race kit pickup day, and then people have the month of October to do either their 5K or their 10.5K and uh, post the results. So if uh, someone is doing a virtual run, what does that look like for them, or what could they expect uh, to do? Well, basically, David, they can they can run wherever they want. Um, they generally generally, if we have a run live, we do it at the conservation area in in um, in Orangeville at the CBC. But if you want to, you can run your five point your your five kilometer your ten point five kilometer race wherever you want. You pick your own starting points. You know your own end point. You want to do it a trail run, a road run, wherever you want to do. So that actually is the fun part and the beauty of it. Uh, if you don't want to do this specific route that we generally have, you can run wherever you want. But That's awesome. So Steve, uh, every year you always put out when we meet about our goals and uh, I can't remember what our first fundraising goal was, but every year it just keeps growing. And uh, we've talked about the importance of goals and being on the executive, I know how much you love setting high fundraising goals. And each year when you say the number, a little bit inside of me has a little bit of a heart palpitation and a fear as to what happens when we don't meet that goal. So Steve, can you talk about why you set in my mind, you set the bar high, we always seem to come to it, but how important are setting those goals and where do you come up with this dollar figure? Well, you know, what? it's Jackie, it's a great question. It's so, and there's a lot of layers there. So my first thought is, um, it's almost, um, Denzel Washington gave a speech to a commencement class a number of years ago to um, University of Pennsylvania. And he made the comment, uh, dreams without goals are just dreams. So you need goals. You gotta set targets 
of where you want to go. And that way you work towards it. And so I'm a huge believer in that. It doesn't matter what you do in life, whether it's a, a target race for a, a run time you want to get, a swim time, a bike time, you got to have goals. And because uh, everybody's got to see where the target is and where we're going. Um, <clears throat> I believe uh, goals are going to have steep hills because uh, we can do uh, the impossible. It just takes a little bit of hope and a little pushing, but we can do those things. And so I, I believe that. And that's why you always keep on up in the bar. It, you don't go down, you keep on going up. And I've, I've said this before with our team is that, and that's why I love our team as well, is that every year we make that hill steeper and tougher to climb, but we're climbing it together and we're always going to make it to the top. There's no, we may have tough times, but we're going to make it to the top. Um, Cause I always say, Jackie, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And this is not easy. There's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot, but Jess said it earlier, it's, we're very passionate about what we do. And so, and we all know as a team, as a race executive, um, there's a lot of hungry people in Orangeville. So we need to set high goals and to, uh, to make sure that we get them food, whether it's in the breakfast school programs um, at the schools or it's at the individual food banks. Um, so that's why it's got to, you got to keep up in it. And I remember, I, I remember spending $10,000 year one through Orangeville Food Bank. And I said, okay, we're going to Shelburne 15. And then 15 was enough. And then we kept going up and, and I, I always knew everybody's looking like I'm nuts. And I get that. But, but when you start having success, that, that, that gives a lot of confidence, right? So we can do this. And so um, uh, the biggest goal was obviously was getting to a quarter million dollars in seven years, which we did. So we did $64,000 in, in 2020, uh, but that was not enough. So it had to be 65. And I remember, I do remember specifically in our meeting, some of us were like, well, do we do lower because it's a pandemic? No, no, we go higher because it is a pandemic and people are hungry. And there's a lot of people going to those food banks and we got to feed them. But that's also the beauty is that we also do, we do these great things. We have a lot of fun. Who doesn't love racing? Um, and I, I know specifically, I get this from uh, Bono, from you two, um, him and his wife, Allie Houston, run the, the One campaign. And they fight food insecurity and AIDS in the continent of Africa. And um, one thing Bono said is that you need commerce to do what you want to do. So we, we engage commerce as much as we can. And, um, and when I, when I say this very respectfully, when commerce knows we're feeding people, especially kids, um, they're, they're on board, they're on board and they're hundred percent. And when it's, it's easier, it's a tough sell Jackie, but it's an easier sell when they see the success that we've done in the past and we've delivered and every, every penny we give, we give away. We don't, we're not making money in this thing. <laughs> Everything we get, we give away. We pay our expenses and every single dime goes out and feeds people in our County. And that's, that's the beauty of it, but you have to set a goal to be and make it tough and then go do it. That's just really the kind of the, the, the mindset behind it. Yeah. So this year, our goal is 65,000, which, you know, uh, is certainly daunting in a pandemic. Um, and we had Heather Hayes on from the Orangeville Food Bank. And, you know, she shared a statistic with me that made me um, sad. Uh, she painted realism in that, you know, since July of this past year, the number of individuals who come to the food bank has doubled. And she also mentioned how hard it is for people just to come to the door and say to a perfect stranger, you know what, I'm, I'm, I need some food. And so I appreciate you setting the bar high because 
it's beyond what the work that we do. It's, it's beyond us and, and our work. It is reaching people who desperately need it. So I can't thank you enough for, you know, saying whenever we meet and saying we're raising 65 and inside me, I'm going, Oh my goodness, how is this going to happen? Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, in July, 2020, 21, um, we actually gave some money away a little bit to people who were in need. So we didn't do a big donation come, you know, October 21, we actually split it up a little bit. Which I thought was a great idea. That was really a team executive decision. Uh, and that's a beauty. That's why I love our team, diversity, different points of view and thought processes, which is great. That's actually what makes it very good to be quite honest with you. And making, because I never would have thought of that. To be realistic, I 65 the fall, we're going to do it. And then um, I think it was Mike actually made the initial decision. What if we split this up? And spot on, hammer, nail, he got it. And yeah, because they need, they need money right now to get them through the, um, the summer months. And uh, because of people being away and people doing things or, or what have you, um, I, I'm, I'm just be guessing, but people might just, they would forget about the food banks. They would forget that people actually need to go there. So when you can give, and we gave $32,000 away right off the bat, I think, I think it was the start of June, correct me if I'm wrong in that, but we gave $32,000 right away. We're going to do the 33 in the fall. That's a 65. It's going to happen. There's no doubt about that. Like, why would we, because corporate has been so good with us that they've given us a lot of money up front. And that's, and that's the beauty about the race too, is we've built trust with the corporate community, with the schools, with the food banks, what we say we're going to do, we do. So we have trust. So when they give us that money up front, why would it sit in a bank account when there's hungry people out there? And so let's give them the money right now. We have it and away we go. And so we gave them the money right off the bat. And, and that's also why I like doing the press releases because I, I think it's important um, for people to know what we're doing as a race. We're a fun race, but I, I, I believe that way corporate knows what's going on. The community knows what's going on about what Comfort Run for Food is all about. And we're doing it now. And so that was a great suggestion. Everybody in the race executive backed it up 100%. And it was, yeah, it was the right thing to do. So it was good. I think one of the important um, things to mention is when we're talking these numbers, these are donation numbers. These aren't uh, funds that we've raised. These are like, we donated $250,000 over seven years. We were able to donate $32,000. It wasn't, we just raised it and then, you know, expenses come out from there and whatever's left goes. We've, these are after expense dollars that are very important to the community that are, um, vital uh, for food banks and breakfast programs. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So we've gone over that. Yeah, exactly, Dave. We've gone over what we needed. We yeah. pay our expenses, and everything else just out the door goes. And yeah, and we're very thankful for our community uh, to help out with um, bringing in, like, helping out with uh, you know our, our uh, time, our time people. I mean, I I don't think that we pay retail on that or like we don't have to rent a facility so that's able to keep our expenses down which is very nice because other people who've had runs in the community um they've had to cancel their run because they don't have anywhere to host it or where they were hosting it is just too expensive and it ends up costing them more than the money that they're able to raise so i'm very thankful for the community that we're in and they're supporting us in these ways as well you know david you made a great point there buddy and i think it was the last time with you I, i i made that point near the end is that if it wasn't for virtual races, we wouldn't be around. And even though I, I love in person, I love competing. Every like I love it, and every other, people love competing. But the fact that that's the only that's the beauty of the virtual run is that we didn't have after 2019, 
We did it in 2020. We did it in 2021. I'd hope to go back in 2022, back to our June race. But if we don't, we can do it in 2022. We're going to keep on going. And it just gives other people an option. And, and who knows, maybe we keep uh, this discussion for another day, but maybe we keep a virtual component to a race. Who knows, right? That's, that's the beauty better race executive. We talk about ideas and we make them better. Um, but having virtual races have allowed us to continue, uh, keep our name out there. Like no one's forgotten about us. People know what Compass Run for Food is and they know what it stands for. And so even in these two tough years with the pandemic and everything else going on, we're there and corporate's there with us and our, everybody's with us and we're giving money away. Great point. Yeah, and, and giving money back to our community. So when we talk about the community, uh, Steve, you said the first year, 10 grand to the Orangeville Food Bank. But over the eight years, you've been able to grow to give back to schools, uh, give back to Orangeville, and, or Orangeville, Shelburne, and Grand Valley food banks and other youth groups in the area. Um, what year did schools come on board and how did that impact the run? Well, it's a bit of a funny story because I actually told it uh, this past week. So, so year one, we did, we did Orangeville Food Bank. Year two, we did Orangeville with Shelburne Food Bank. And I want to, you're stretching my memory here, but I remember the incident specific. So I was running a marathon or training for a marathon and I was having problems with my hamstrings. They were just killing me. So I have a massage therapist here in town. So I always laugh. Well, now I did not at the time because it was hurting me. Uh, while Cheryl, my massage therapist, was drilling her elbow in the back of my hamstrings and just causing me excruciating pain, but I needed it to be done. Um, she starts telling me about Princess Margaret and their breakfast school program that's underfunded. And she starts telling me about how kids... Uh, you know, they're, they're not getting a full meal before they start their day of education. And I said, okay, hold on a second here. And then we can't be doing this. So I remember bringing this back to the team and we're going to go into schools now. And so, and, and then we, we said specifically, and, and the good things too, is we knew other people in the educational system that says, our school doesn't need money. Don't give us money. These schools need money. And so we went into low-income housing schools uh, in, in our area initially in Orangeville and then up in Shelburne. And we said, okay, you guys need some money. We're going to raise some money and we're going to give it to you. And that actually, because we did that, just that opened up the door for let's get the kids participating as well. And uh, which make, which is great, right? Participation. And so that's how that door opened. And then once we started doing the two in Orangeville, we did uh, Princess Margaret and Parkinson's. And then we also went up to uh, Highland Heights and Shelburne. And then um, that just, that was, that was the gateway. That just opened up the door. And then other schools approached us who said, yeah, we need some money too. So, okay, well, you're on board. And then we, I remember meeting with the superintendent of the, of the district and talking with her and showing what we've done. And, and she was great. She was on board with what we, what we were doing. And then once we, once we did that, then we said, okay, hold on a second here. There's Grand Valley. We got to go to Grand Valley. So then we found out, we just went to the Grand Valley school and then we also found out about the Grand Valley food bank. Oh, okay. And then that's how they, they came on board. I can't remember the exact year, but it's slowly after, um, you know, 14 or 15, but that's how it kept on going. And now we're the county of Dufferin. Uh, we're helping all the food banks and those schools. And it's a win-win for everybody. So it took a lot of work, but that's actually the story of actually how we got into schools. My hamstrings and an elbow. <laughs> it's, it's just that simple, actually. <laughs> well, the purpose of the Compass Run for Food is obviously to raise money for local food security in Dufferin County. Um, so where does the money that is raised get donated. We, we kind of touched on that already, but um, how, I guess my question is more, how does the race executive determine where the donations go? Like, how does that split come about? 
A lot of it is in discussion with, uh, and Mike Braun's a race director and he's also a chartered accountant. So he kind of knows what he's doing with money, right? So we're, we're, very, we're very fortunate that way. We're, we know our numbers are always good because we have Mike Braun. And uh, so uh, it's obviously in consultation with uh, all three food banks and, and the schools to see what they need and, and good dialogue back and forth. Uh, some schools need more money and some need less. And so that, that's a good trust and partnership. So um, they know if I need less, that means we're giving more to some other school that, that actually needs the money. So um, dividing up the funds or, or the pot for lack of a better expression, uh, Jess is really dialoguing between all three food banks and then all, and all, all six schools uh, that we do to help out. So it's just, it's a dialogue back and forth of who needs what, and then we just make it, we just meet the need. Fantastic. Well, yeah, I know I that, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, I think for me, I, you know, certainly as an educator, feeding the kids is critical. Um, I'm really lucky in that I teach post-secondary education, but I know that those kids who go to my institution generally tend to be from better off families. You know, if you give a kid a chance in kindergarten and you feed them and give them every opportunity to learn, then they will be those kids that I see in university. Versus if it starts off that it's hard to learn with an empty tummy. Um, it's hard to learn when you're tired because you haven't had enough food to eat. So, you know, certainly that's one of the exciting things. And I know my kids went to more of a privileged school and I never really noticed, but we had a fundraising thing for the breakfast program and you just kind of donated money and the pots for baskets were filled with 20s and 10s and 5s, you know, the, the money was overflowing. And then you went to one of the other schools and, you know, they're lucky if they get $250. Um, and that breaks my heart when you've got that inequity between, you know, schools within Orangeville, for example. So um, that's kind of one of the things that keeps me moving forward with this when I see those little kids out there and I see the smiles on their faces and the fact that they're out there running too. Like that's exciting. It's huge. You know, Jackie, I was making the point this week and the reality is, and just with things I'm doing personally, I'm, I'm learning how to swim and which uh, for training for races, which I love. Um, there's a young girl there, Sophie, they're training her with this tribe group that I'm part of. They're training her for the 2028 Olympics. And this, this girl, Sophie is just, off the charts, she's already running, she's winning races, she's off the charts. Um, so she's got a good like circle to help with that. So we're actually at the other side. We're at the kids that don't have a chance, right? And we all know that, and I've said this before, we educate, we empower, we feed and we educate, we empower. So we're trying to give those kids that are at the other end from Sophie's that don't have the opportunities that she has because we wanna make them the high performance kids. We wanna give them those opportunities. And one way you do that is through education. And that way they stay away from, they, go to, they don't go, they're not pulled down wrong roads potentially, or at least they're fed where they can get and they can get to be high performance for, for example. And, but I always say, I don't care. You could, whether it's the arts, sciences, mathematics, I don't care. Get kids involved in doing stuff. Uh, if they don't want to run, they don't want to run. That's fine with me. They want to swim, they swim. Whatever you want to do in life. But let's give them a chance. Let's give them a fighting chance. Let's give them an opportunity. And that's why Compass Run for Food is important because we're going into the low-income areas where they don't have the chance. And we're trying to make them opportunities to make them high-performance kids with whatever they want to do. I know uh, for someone who gets to work with uh, the donors, 
Dufferin County is actually not that big. Geographically, it's a large area. Um, Population-wise, we're not a huge uh, community, but I'm very thankful for the businesses and the organizations that do come around us uh, and help us achieve and exceed our goals. Um, I mean, we've had uh, anonymous donors who come up and kind of just do that thing that you see on TV, like they shake your hand and slip you like a couple hundred bucks and you're like, what just happened, right? Was I, like, if someone ticked me for a better table? Like, I have no idea. But they're just like, we like what you're doing, here you go. And then um, we have some uh, businesses who like to make anonymous donations and it's phenomenal. We have one uh, one time I was out and uh, I spoke to a business owner and they were just, the business wasn't doing fantastic and, and that happens. And the business owner was kind of slightly offended at the time that I asked him, um, for money. And I, my heart broke because you don't know going into a business what their situation is. And, you know, then he explained to me, you know, I want to make sure that I can pay my staff. And you're like, yes, good. I'm like, do that. He's like, I want to make sure I don't have to fire anybody. I'm like, good, do that. Um, and then like his, his wife came up and they're like, we're really sorry. We can't make like a big donation. Like here's, here's $20 for me that $20 meant more than any other check we've ever gotten because that was like, it was a sacrificial give. And I was so humbled by that because they saw the cause that we were doing. They know how important it was uh, to our community. And I loved it. It was one of the best um, kind of interactions I've ever had. And now I frequent their business on a regular just to make sure that they can continue to pay their staff. And maybe one day they're going to be in a position where they can, you know, make a larger donation. I'm thrilled for them. I'm super happy for them. So, um, and Steve, I know you're very thankful for our uh, donors as well, because you have um, got to meet with a lot of them. And um, once they hear what we're doing, they're on, like, that's it. Like you just say, Oh, we're helping, you know, food insecurity. And it's like, how can you say no to that? Right. So can you explain how important um, donors are and maybe the financial part that they cover um, for that versus like runner, um, signup funds. Is that something you can dive a little bit deeper into? Well, I can give a little bit to it. I, but I agree with you, buddy, David, like our corporate, our commerce, our corporate side of the house, uh, they're great. The, you know, I, I could tell stories about, you know, going in cold, like they have no idea who the shortstop ball guy is coming in and what he's asking for. And then when I ask it, they're like, okay, we're part of the play. Um, what makes it what makes it better because what it's it's still tough. Don't get me wrong, and you know that too, David. Because I know you do a lot of work in this area. Um, but we've built a trust with our community, and it goes back to what I said earlier. Whatever we say we're, we're going to do, we do, and that's why they they believe in what we do. And of course, you look at our website, you can see everybody who's been with us, and uh, and some businesses have moved up. Like they maybe they came in a bronze level, well now they're a gold because they see what's happened and they know what we're doing, and we're giving all the money away. It doesn't matter whether it's food banks or, or schools, people are being fed. Uh, so they're very generous. And um, even on race day, whether it's um, whether we were live or whether we were um, doing our virtual, they make our, they help make our race professional. I, 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 race has got to be professional. It's got to look a certain way. I've, I've done a number of them. Uh, it's got to look a certain way. So it doesn't, whether it's M&Ms or McDonald's or what have you, they're Sobeys. Derek was outstanding with supplying stuff. Um, they helped make our race day a professional event and that's what it should be. And so that helps with our runners. So um, it's a great question. In regards to the, the, um, 
the, the exact breakup, that would be a difficult one for me, buddy, to really get to the, that financial aspect. But I know we set a high target uh, for corporate sponsor. And we always try to up the, um, the, the sponsorship levels. Mm-hmm. And, um, and trust me, we, they've, we've increased. If you look a number of years ago where we were with a gold sponsor compared to now, it's, it's day and night. Um, and again, again, that goes back to trust. And so, but because they trust us, and so what kind of what I said earlier, I hope this kind of answers as well. We gave $32,000 in June. Like we didn't wait till October because yeah. they trust us and they gave the money right up. And then, um, and we know now because obviously with regards to our, um, our participants, like we're not where we need to be numbers wise, but I'm okay because we're coming out of the summer. And we can tell you those numbers are going to ramp up uh, once we hit September. Uh, I love where our signs are in the community. They got to be there where they are and be visible. So once, once that base comes and, and the beauty is too, obviously with our website, we have a donate button. So we are a very cheap race uh, for what we give swag bags and like booster juice, booster juice used to come and give actual drinks at the race. Our first three, we just got too big and Dan couldn't do it anymore. We can't keep him cold. <laughs> so yeah. hence, that's why we did the bibs and then the back of the race bibs for chip time, right? So, um, so I'm just kind of where I was going with it. But so that's why we just, we've just gotten bigger. So um, they've been very good with our events and making it look professional. Um, but those numbers are, are going to go up. And um, so, which I'm, so I'm not concerned about hitting our target it's high but we'll hit it because our race participants they're very generous so they pay for the cheap price for all the swag and everything but there's a donate button and they give extra and that just shows you the uh, the people that are, are part of our race and, and they get it uh they know what we're doing and they support us because i know one of my favorite events uh pre-race season was uh a local restaurant would host um and donate uh food for um we called it a sponsorship event and basically sponsors would come and they were able to meet recipients. So the head of the food banks uh, would be there. teachers representing each school that we would make donations to. They were there as well. So we could make that connection for donors to the recipients. And that really, I think opened up people's eyes and it wasn't just a logo anymore. There was someone behind that logo. There was an individual. And once you start um, having someone talk about the reason why the compass run is so important to their organization for the donations. People just wanted to keep donating and stuff like that. And then when sponsors would get to learn, um, you know, the reasons why they would donate, I think their employees were super excited to be participating there. And then also their friends and our family. Um, We also used to have something like right here, the pig that's always kind of been in the back of our uh, bookshelf here and people would donate um, cash into that. And I mean, we had blues and jazz uh, usually the weekend before a race and I would go around with that and I would, I called it pimping the pig. And honestly, that thing would be stuffed because people would just hear what we were doing and they were on board. Um, so one organization that actually does uh, sponsor the compass run for food is green monkey. And someone on our podcast here uh, is part of green monkey. So Jess, I want to ask you why you sponsor the compass run for food. Well, I think why kind of comes back to my first connection. So um, back in, I think, December of 2018. So we had opened up Green Monkey Office in March of 2018. So we were relatively new. Um, Fast forward to December, Steve, Mike and Angela came into the office to meet with us. Um, Compass Run for Food was growing. 
So they needed a marketing support team to kind of help them and kind of boost the run just a little bit. So no questions asked. We were like, yes, we are in. Um, we kind of came on as an in-kind sponsor. So what that means is, you know, we were kind of part of the team and a sponsor. So I think it was the, the March meeting, or it might have been a little bit before that. Um, one, of, one of the very first planning meetings, Angela was like, why don't you just come to the meeting? Uh, you'll kind of have a better sense of what the run is, and you can ask any questions directly to the team. So I came to that meeting and I didn't stop coming to that meeting. I've been a part of it because as soon as I learned what Compass Run for Food was, it was just a no brainer. Like, yes, this is the community event that I want to fully support. And I always said, as soon as I, if, if I was in the position where I could give back to the community, I was going to give back to the community. And this is the run to do that. It is so community focused. Um, and I've just grown so passionate over it over the last couple of years. So, um, be, being a sponsor to a local event has so many benefits for the business, but also you're, you're helping out the, the run. It's one of those feel good things. Um, but your business is also getting awareness, getting more exposure. You're helping out your community, um, there's also the, the tax deductible plus that's in there if you're on the finance side of your, um, your businesses. So it's just a no-brainer. Giving back to the community is one of those things that if you can, do it. Um, and I will continue to support Compass Friend for Food. I think, Steve, you mentioned uh, how some sponsors move up over the years. I think we started a silver and we're gold this year. So it's just one of those things that is, is really important to me. Well, I, David, I'm just going to piggyback what you said there. So Jess, I remember meeting you and um, I remember that meeting in the office and kind of just laying out what we're doing there with Angela and Mike. But um, in my mind at that time, I'll be honest with you, I never anticipated you being on the race executive. I'm not saying disrespectfully. Yeah. So I think that was one of the best suggestions Angela made because when you joined the team, you're right there. And like, like every, I listen, I appreciate everybody in the race executive and, but you coming in there, it was just, it was, that was, that was a great decision. And you're not, I, I don't look at you as a sponsor, to be quite honest with you. I would look at you as um, part of a race executive. I value your opinion. I value your inputs. The sponsorship is great. But that's to the side to me. Uh, what you bring to the team and whatever brings the team, but you, what you bring to the team is very, very important. And so um, what initially, what I just thought about was we're just going to go to market marketing company. It was totally different. Uh, from what I envisioned to actually what it is, which actually is the better part, has been outstanding. And you've been great. And well, thanks, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. And, and David, I'm going to come back to something you said earlier there, buddy, because you talked about the Stakeout 63 event, which we had. And we're going to go back to that because the, the reason why that event is so, that was important, but it's important period, is relationships. We have to introduce people together. Corporate has got to meet. When you give money, I want you to introduce you to the Heather Hayes's, you know, the Art of Dunlops, the WAG staffs, the, the Carol uh, Vander, um, um, Vandergritten from, from uh, Grand Valley. You need to know the people that are running those food banks. I also want you to meet the people that are actually making the Kit Stewarts, the Joannes, those ladies that are running those breakfast programs and making them operational with kids. You need to meet them. And when you should have those relationships, um, then they, they get what's happening. So there, it's, there's no brainer for them to join us. 
and then of course they also open up doors for other people. It's it's all about relationships and partnerships. So uh, those are phone calls when we want to up or we want to meet new uh, corporate donors. Those relationships. We're not a cold email. We're like we know who you are. We know what you've done. You know this person. Okay, so now I can trust what you're doing. All that comes together, and it's all relationships and building that trust, um, which we've done so through through that event, and that's where we're gonna go back to when we can. Mm-hmm. So we have talked a lot about passion in this podcast. Um, Steve, can you share what you are most passionate about when it comes to Compass Run for Food? And also maybe just toss in there because uh, we've we've talked a little bit about it, but how the Compass Run for Food came to be. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a big question. Jack. <laughs> it is loaded question. So I remember just finishing uh, with my wife, Joe, we finished the Oktoberfest run and that would have been in the fall of 2013, obviously the fall, 2013. And I just remember being in, it was, a, for some reason they finished an auditorium. I don't know where I was, but um, in a, an arena. And so I, I heard the jazz band in the corner. I saw the stroll of the trolls, the barbecue was going on. I'm going, you know what? We can do something like this. And that's really how it started. And then there was a few conversations and then, and then, of course, then we went to the, let's put together the first one in uh, 2014. And um, so that's basically, that, that's behind it. And then once I saw this successful, and of course, you, you never stay here. You got to keep on growing and growing. So my passion, too, is I love the fact that we're a pro race. I, I don't look at, I were, yes, we're, we're a charity event. I understand that. But we run a professional race. And we run it a certain way. And the 2019 race was off the charts with the numbers that we had and what we put together and, you know, the race staff and everything. So so my passion is I, I like to see things getting bigger and better. Um, I also know there's a, there's a benefit to that. Obviously, a lot of people are getting fed and, and, and taken care of, which is so important. So I, I, like, I like the big race. Um, my own passion, too, is I just in my professional career, I've just seen a lot of stuff. Um, and um, I'm a police officer. And so I've talked to a lot of people and done a lot of bad things. And um, in my role, and I just know that when you peel the onion back, it doesn't matter what it is, all these social justice issues, whether it's human trafficking, domestic violence, sexual assault, uh, the opioid crisis is huge. Look what's happening in British Columbia with the number of deaths right now in a short period of time. And just when you peel the onion back, guaranteed food insecurity is always there. So we are tackling a huge social justice issue and issues. And, and I think that's what really drives me. And that's, I, I know it's making an impact. I love our team. I love success. I love all that stuff. Um, but the fact that we're really helping the community out and we're having a lot of fun doing it by running, that's my passion. That's what drives me around. It drives me. And that's why even when I talk about it, whether it's on this podcast or if it's at work or what have you, people know this is why I want to do it. And I can't stop talking about it because I just love everything associated with it. Just warms my heart so much because it is so important. Um, Dave and Jackie, you guys are both on the executive. So I kind of shared how I came to be on the part of the team. Uh, do you guys want to share your stories too? How you came to be on the uh, race executive? Oh, uh, I, I'll start. <laughs> I, I was uh, brought on board by Brie Bull, one of the original people involved. And um, I'm not sure why she asked me, to be honest with you. We both were pretty passionate about fitness. And I think we were just talking about uh, a race. And she knew that I raced. And so she brought me on board. But I've always been passionate about food insecurity. 
And I'm also very passionate about fitness and health and, you know, social determinants of the health is, is something that always sits in the back of my mind. And um, the social determinants of health are uh, fundamental for improving health and reducing longstanding inequities in health. And I'm impassionate about inequities and getting rid of inequities. And as Steve mentioned many times, you know, part of the social determinants of health is food insecurity and, you know, social inclusion and non-discrimination and access to healthcare. If, if we could bring about an opportunity for everybody to be healthy, to have adequate income, to have access to education, to have food security, our world would look vastly different. And not that I want anyone to lose their jobs, um, but Heather Hayes would be out of a job and probably Steve would be out of a job as well working in the police. Um, and so those are my passions. And, you know, each of us are little tiny drops, but we create ripples. And the work that we do is a little tiny drop. But, you know, as Steve has mentioned, he's passionate about it. And he talks, I know he talks about it all the time. Whenever there's an opportunity, I talk about this as well. So it's, it's, it's really because I, I, I want my neighbors to be healthy. And so this is my opportunity to give back in a, in a way that, you know, that I can. Um, and so that's why I, I love, I love, love, love doing this. Dave, how about you? So I think I was brought on uh, by a friend of mine, uh, Christy, and she was working with the uh, organization uh, before. And she's like, yeah, this guy, Steve, could probably use your help. I'm like, I don't know who Steve is, whatever. Um, I'm also terrible with names. So I think I've met Steve maybe twice before. And I was like, ah, whoever this guy is. And um, so I went to the meeting. And I was like, as soon as I got in there, same as uh, kind of Jess, like you knew this was something different. This wasn't the, um, it wasn't a, a fluff event. Uh, this is going to, this is a serious thing uh, that's going on. And it's run by a small group of people uh, who have a very big passion for something. And um, I just watched a video last week and one of the founders of True Earth uh, Detergents, hashtag not an ad, um, what they said was small hinges can swing big doors. And that like that stuck with, stuck with me. And I, I'm someone who's been passionate about food for a very long time. Um, I've always cooked uh, as a kid. Um, in high school, we did kind of like ran a restaurant for teachers. So food has always been an important part uh, of my life. And it's something that I do for entertainment. Um, and when I say that, I kind of feel guilty because I know that there are people um, who don't even have it as a necessity. And when I say things like that, that makes me more passionate about doing this and making sure that other people have an opportunity to not just um, consume food for basic function, but some that they could potentially enjoy. And when you talk to um, people like Jamie from Ombre Farms and how passionate he is about his food and making sure that it gets to people as well, um, it's, and other like corporate donors, it's not just a tax write-off to them. It's, it's very important um, that a lot of things are happening in our community. And because um, I said before, like we are a small community uh, of Dufferin, like it's not, 
I don't even know how many of us we could fit into Toronto um, population wise, but I mean, anyone who is in this community, um, we're kind of working together, making sure that we're tack tackling things. Um, and we've seemed to pick what we're passionate about. We're going for it. And a lot of people are along the way with us. So um, people are just keeping me motivated every year uh, as sponsors, as donors, um, as runners. Like it's just so exciting to see um, you know, when people sign up to run and then they start to advertise that. And now other people want to donate to support them. And it's so exciting. So yeah, it's just something I'm, I'm hungry for to do. Pun not intended. <laughs> no, it, it's the power of hope there, David. So um, he's a retired Admiral um, Craven, if I'm correct. In 2014, he gave the speech to the graduating class of the University of Texas. And it was 10 things that can change your world, changes the world tonight. And it's stuff he learns when he was trained to be a Navy SEAL in 1977. And one of the last things he talked about was the power of hope. One for any, he made it, he made an analogy where there's a, like a, there's a, there's a specific week where they call it hell week and they're like sleep deprivation and they want them to quit. And it's all mind games, which you understand when you're doing that training. Um, but they were like, they were up in their necks with mud and, you know, guys were just making sure that the guys were okay and girls were okay to get them through this. And he makes the analogy, it's the power of hope, the power of one person, the power of a team to, to pull people through, like Malala, you know, when she was doing fighting for girls' education in Pakistan. I, I think Terry Fox is one of the greatest Canadians ever. Here's a kid, no one knew who he was. He dipped, dipped his prosthetic leg in the Atlantic Ocean, said, I'm going to raise money to fight cancer. And like, what, 41 years later, I think it's the year, look what he looked, what he, the marathon of hope has done. So it's the power of one person, the power of one group, focused, paying attention and driven that can change the world. And, and I, I look at that in very respectful and prideful, sorry, humble ways, I'm going to say, um, that we, we're going to do that. And that's why we're a strong team and we can do these things um, because we're all passionate and focused and uh, we all bring different skill sets to the team. And that's why we're going to get, keep on growing bigger and bigger and feeding more people because we know it's important. And the other side is it's fun. We're doing fun stuff or people are running and doing things, which makes it good too as well. It's great. So it's, it's a nice balance, but it's the power of hope and the focus of a team or an individual. We've all obviously passionate about this and it is fun. It's a tremendous amount of fun. Um, but there are times, and I know Justin and I share a very similar story about experiences being more meaningful. So Jess, I'm gonna start with you. What is the most meaningful experience you've encountered while being on this team? Well, like you said, I'm probably gonna take your experience right from you. Um, but I remember when I first joined um, the very first sponsor event, we had it at Steakhouse 63. Uh, we went upstairs, you know, the sponsors, food banks, uh, schools, everyone was in, in one room, which was amazing. And we had a slideshow. So on this slideshow, um, one of the schools had put together kind of little sticky notes for what each of the children um, were grateful and thankful for from Compass Run for Food. Um, and one of the sticky notes said that something along the lines that they're thankful for the school breakfast program because they ate the last of their cereal for dinner the night before. And it just, oh, that hit my heart so hard. 
Um, and it, it just really makes you realize um, what, what your neighbors need. Um, and that that's going to stick with me forever. So that's definitely one of the most meaningful experiences that I've had from Compass Run for Food. Um, Dave, what about you? Um, I, I'm going to go back to that sponsor story um, where I said where the people, um, you know, may not been able to make a corporate donation, but the fact that they believe so much in our cause that they wanted to make, uh, they just took money out of their pocket. And I mean, some of the businesses that are in this area, they are smaller businesses. And uh, if a donation is made, it's usually made out of their pockets and not out of uh, a corporate account. So um, it's really nice to see those handwritten checks and you can, you feel you feel a sense like there's humility in, in what we do. And I, I'm very thankful for this organization and this race. And I'm again, very thankful for our sponsors who make it possible for us to, to do this. And I think maybe because I, I'm on both sides and I'm making corporate uh, visits and I'm on the council, being able to see both sides, it's very, very humbling. Um, and that happens year after year, especially when people reach out and be like, hey, I haven't heard from you yet. You're like, okay, we're coming. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I'm going to piggyback Jess because, I, of course, because I'm also an Amanda Marshall fan. And that video that we watched, Jess, was Amanda Marshall's song, I Believe in You. And remember, they scrolled down different things. And yeah, I, I remember seeing all those little things the kids had written. And then there was like a big message at the end. And I forget the lady's name uh, who used to be at the... Um, at the food bank or at the schools, I forget her name. But anyway, she hand ripped saying, thank you, Compass Fern, for food, what you're doing. And so that that actually kind of choked me up um, because I knew that showed me that what we're doing makes an impact. Because, you know, I say this very respectfully, and you guys know it, this is a lot of work. It's like a 10-month operational project. And sometimes it can seem, and I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, it can seem like a business. Like, we, we got to get this, we got to get this, we got to get this done. Because we are an operation, we are accountable to a lot of people. A lot, like David, you know, we're kind of a lot of businesses. We got to we got to run in a certain way and do it, do things a certain way. So we run that pro race. But you know that um, that video, Jess, or, or talking to people that are that are benefiting, like that puts the human that clicks it back in where there's the human aspect, which just just makes it okay. We're we're doing the right thing. We got to run it a certain way, uh, so so that way we're successful. Um, but we know we know we're making an impact and it impacts people's lives. And but when you get those things, you you do get choked up and you're like, okay, we're, we're doing the right thing. And we're going to, and actually that's the motivation. That's the fuel for the car that keeps it going. When you get those, you get those moments every now and then you're like, okay, we're good. So, um, mm -hmm. so those are the, the things that impact me. So. Yeah, as certainly I, I'm a crier and just, I'm glad you shared that story because I remember that, you know, how you're embarrassed when you cry or I am anyways, um, you just look straight ahead. And you don't want to look at anyone else. And I know that when that slideshow came up, there were lots of people, um, you know, choked up and thinking, oh, my gosh, this is real. This is real. My most meaningful experience, it's hard to take it down to just one, but I'm a boots on the ground person. I like to see people. So race day for me is huge. I get so excited about race day because I get excited about people accomplishing something that they may not have done before. This might've been their very first 5k they've ever walked or run. That's exciting for me, giving people the empowerment. I love going into the schools and I, I'm really lucky because my work schedule is flexible, 
but going presenting the checks to the elementary schools, you know, and we go in and these, this is in June. It's like two days before school is out and the kids are itching to get out of school. And every time there's this huge of applause and yelling and, and yay, like, the kids appreciate that. It's not just they go in and they eat the bagel. They're like, this is, this is awesome. You know, and I remember taking food to Highland Heights and uh, um, the principal, and I'm really bad with names or the vice principal. He had a group of kids out there meeting me and they were excited about being able to bring food into the school to share with whomever. Like, I don't know if they took part in eating the food, but it's seeing the work that 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 the donations do like what they're creating is so meaningful for me i i have to tell you that every time i leave these places i'm always a little bit weepy and like i have to have my kleenex nearby so it's this race is so meaningful to me because it's so meaningful to others registration is now open um, you can register today at compassrun.com. And if you are unable to participate in the run, there's also the option to be um, to, to donate. So you can now make a gift donation. You can also learn more about the run on Facebook or Instagram at Compass Run for Food. So Steve, we can't thank you enough for joining us today. Um, is there anything that you want to add or to leave um, our listeners with today? You know, well, I, what I would say there at the end is I know we've talked a lot about corporate and, and helping us out, but the reality is too, is our run, our race base is, is huge. Like we couldn't do what we do if we didn't have a race base. And if those 200 runners in 2014 didn't come back, we wouldn't have a race today, but they came back because they enjoyed year one and we grew it to year two and year three. So I, I think and on behalf of the race executive, which I thought you guys are part of, we would say thank you to our participants and what they do and uh, how they share the word. Because you know, uh, whether it's uh, triathlons or running, like these are small communities. And once the word gets out that you run a good event, they're coming back and they're bringing friends. And we've had people coming from outside the community come up to Dufferin uh, for the, the day of the run. We know with the virtual, we're adding more people that would never be here for the run. So I would, I would say thank you just to our race participants uh, for what they've done because really, Yes, we're the race executive, but they're driving the bus too. They're on the bus. Like we're driving the bus, but they're on the bus with us. And we're all on the same page. And they really help us, help us make a big run. Because I'm going to tell you, corporate, and I love saying numbers. When you go in and you say in 2019, I had 770 runners. I had 200 kids running. who will be never running a race in their entire life. because. But a corporate sponsor makes sure they get the swag bag and they're there. Uh, when you give them those numbers, and that's because our race participants have come back. And they're part of what we're doing. And I would say thank you to them because they are a big part of what we're doing in our community. Thank you for watching and listening to this week's episode of the Food and Fitness Podcast. Join us next week when the hosts of the Food and Fitness Podcast sit down to reflect and talk about our own personal goals.